right. So it's very conversational. Okay. Whatever you want to talk about. Okay. Talk about. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm really good at talking, so. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Hey, welcome back to our 10th episode of Fucking Fine. I'll see you soon. Woohoo! Can you believe it? If you've been listening since day one, you have been listening to this awful podcast for <laughs> over two months. I am in disbelief you're still here. Why are you still here? Uh, this week, I have an awesome guest, but first, let's do a little introduction. So, I, on uh, bequest, now, uh, recommendation of our first guest and kind of the woman. I, we're so old. Are you a woman or a girl? I'm not a girl. Not a woman. Uh, Deb, Deb Scrat, she fucking told me that I should... Uh, she she said, I think your chakras are blocked. You should do a guided meditation. Well, she didn't tell me to do a guided meditation. She, she sent me all these awesome articles, and I decided to do a meditation. Now, I cannot meditate for the life of me because I'm probably not diagnosed ADD either, but I definitely need guidance when it comes to meditation. So I found an awesome podcast. Uh, the Yoga Bunny made it. She only has a couple of them. Um, but some of them were specifically focused towards certain chakras, and I did a couple um, between our last episode and this episode, and I feel amazing. So I just wanted to uh, put something out there. We're going to get real serious for a second. Um, I, I learned in college, I'm not sure if it was in class or if I should pay homage to my dear friend Bethany. Uh, who made this impact on me, but if uh, the credit is due to her, then I'm, I'm going to give her the credit. Uh, the learning is this. You should never offer a disclaimer before any sort of presentation. It clues the audience into the fact that you're doubting yourself, and therefore they are given a license to doubt you, but I feel the need... Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, look, he just texted me, Bethany. Okay, anyway... <laughs> It gives the audience um, an indication that you're doubting yourself. That gives them license to doubt yourself. But I do feel the need to express this once and only once. And this is the last time I'm going to say anything sort of in regards to an apology. Unless I actually do something super wrong. But um, this is it. Never again, bitches. This podcast is intended to be comedic. I know I'm not very funny, but I do try to be serious when discussing human rights and certain heavier topics. I know last week we got into some deep political, well, I did. I, I can't even blame Michelle, my co-host, for this, but I got into some deep political opinions. And I just wanted to clarify that feelings are fleeting. Feelings are not facts. People can change and progress through process and experience and it's kind of like uh, when Facebook reminds you of how dumb you used to be or you realize you used to quote rap lyrics. 
with the n-word on twitter and that's absolutely not okay stop doing it white people we know that you're putting rap on your twitter but you don't have to say the n-word don't do it don't do it here's a here's a suggestion for that by the way instead of saying the n-word say some sort of derogatory statement that applies to you for instance when that comes up in a rap song i replace it with the word bitch okay Communication is, for me, the best and possibly only way to learn and grow and expand. So please, 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 I'm begging you to call me out if I offend you or speak ignorantly as so to help me grow as a person. I don't want to ignore my missteps. And again, if you're offended, let me know. I appreciate each and every single one of my listeners for returning each week to hear my stupid ramblings. But mostly, I value this opportunity that I'm so blessed with to provide a platform for each of my co-hosts to speak their truth and to relate to others in some way, small or large. That's it. That's why we're here. Because to me, that is humanity. Relationships. That is the start of journeys and paths and epiphanies, and that's how we grow and learn and love and become better people. I've learned a lot about myself and the world and kindness and how to treat people through a ton of great people on podcasts, and I'm really just hoping to maybe leave you with something that sticks with you similarly. I hope to share some sort of life-altering impact that helps us all realize we can be similarly different And I'm oh so fucking grateful that you let me do that or try to do that in the least. So without further ado, here is a better person than me. You can follow her on Instagram at Melanie Greeny. That's Melanie Green Y. (laughs) No spaces, nothing else. Melanie Greenberg is unapologetically honest and raw, yet sensitive and lovely, and she's very informed and educated on a bunch of awesome topics. Here she is, Melanie Greenberg. You're my 10th episode. Whoa. So for 10 weeks, people have been listening to this shit. Um, what do you, like, I know what your general theme is, like, basically our generation. Right. Is that how you want to continue it? Just, like talking about the shit that we have to deal with generational anxiety anxiety is basically the topic but i use that in like the loosest term of anxiety because it's not like obviously i'm not like clinically diagnosed to have anxiety but i probably should be Mm. that's another thing that i'm gonna like deal with with the health insurance thing um But yeah, basically like things that you're worried about, concerns that you have, and then just like shit. I'm worried about everything. Yeah. (laughs) I saw a meme today that was like therapist, because I follow a lot of therapy memes, Mm -hmm. because they make me laugh, and I'm the type of person who, when I am like looking at memes, like I laugh out loud, regardless of who's around me. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like I, I don't do like that nose snort thing, like I, I laugh. So I follow a lot of therapy pages because... I, it's funny to me, Um, the one today was like, therapist, so are you ever worried, and it says dot, 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 and it's like, me, yes, all the time, (laughs) all the time, constant (laughs) worry. I'm always worried that people 
are pretending to like me. Mm -hmm. that, uh, what was the one thing I saw today? The one... Can I vape in here? Yeah. Thanks. It's not pot. I don't care. I, <laughs> I vape pot. Before bed every night and my fiancé makes fun of me. He's like, Dude, oh, you're going to take a hit fall now? asleep. <laughs> and then sometimes he'll be like, it's not even bedtime. I'm like, shut <laughs> up. Let me live. <laughs> Um, this is therapist, you're a nice person. Friends, you're a nice person. Family, you're a nice person. Me, yeah, but what if I'm actually shit? Me, oh fuck, I tricked so many people into thinking I'm nice. That's just how shit I am. That's <laughs> my life. So, anyway. Dude, I fucking feel you because I've been spending a lot of time with my dad's family. And I've been really enjoying the time. Like, mm -hmm. I, we reconnected with one of his sisters. And, like, every time I come home, like, I came home from the shore, I'd be like, oh. I just feel like so full of like, not necessarily love, but just like happiness, mm -hmm. connection. I was talking to my dad and brother last night and they were like, <laughs> yeah, you're the reason Aunt Colleen's not coming to Thanksgiving. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, cause you don't like her. You always start with her. I'm like, what? Like, I, what do I do to offend her? And then I'm like thinking of all my connections and I'm like, oh my God, am I horrible? Like, yeah. am I horrible person all the time. <laughs> like all the time but I think you just kind of have to like chase that shit out of your fucking mind and redirect because like I'm like if I felt if I'm like harping on this I am gonna be terrible so like I'm just gonna do the best with what I can and things ebb and flow which is yes. a big lesson I've learned lately but oh yes well so all of this started um with the 2016 election like yeah wait all right hold on let's introduce you <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's okay, I was so ready. <laughs> so ready. Who are you? What's your name? Uh, my name is Melanie. Um, I am a, how I label myself, I am a feminist, future sex therapist, pug mom, that's, crossfitter. That's really good. And I recently came out to my family as bisexual. Oh, wow. Congrats. Um, and like, and friends, and like, n nobody had a reaction because most people were like oh we just already thought you were bi so really yeah oh well congratulations oh thank you <laughs> so I have a question about that do you feel illegitimate or not illegitimate but like what's the word illegit invalid invalid in your sexuality because you're in a hetero relationship? I struggle with it a lot because, again, I've never been in a relationship with a woman. I've been sexual, I've had sex with women. I find women attractive. Mm -hmm. I have had, like, attraction to women before that I figured that, like, don't all women feel that? But, like, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now, like, I found my person, and he happens to be a straight man, um, a, a straight cis man. And um, I think what I'm always concerned about is, like, I have the privilege that I never had to fight to be, like, seen or to be accepted. And that's maybe, like, I feel like that's not my space or that's not my place, and I don't want to take up space that is someone else's. But also, like then is that speaking to my privilege because I'm not speaking up about like bisexuality being a real thing that like 
I, uh, sexuality is not 50-50, like bisexuality. Like right. I'm not 50 attracted percent to women, 50% attracted to like men. Like right. I prefer men, but I also, like if, if I hadn't found Justin, I probably would have dated a woman. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like sometimes I, I just don't know how to go about being open about it. Right. I, I, so I only ask because I watched this video once about pansexual because I, that's what I fucking hate labels, especially regarding sexuality mm. because like it is so like fluid. It's fluid. And, yeah. And it's very much like who it's for me, it's just like person by person basis. But I watched this video about um, a, it was like maybe like a compilation of like five different pansexuals. They were all doing like this um, webcam style recording with like the same, I don't know, 10 questions or something like what annoys you most about like being labeled this way or whatever. And the one girl was in a hetero relationship and she said like she felt like her sexuality wasn't like recognized because she was in a hetero relationship. And also for me, and I can relate to this, like you feel um, just like you're not like insecure in a way because you're not um, like I don't mean to use this in like a very, but you're not practicing the lifestyle when you're in a relationship with a man. So it's like made out to be a joke or something. Well, because you, or like you went down the lesbian path and now you're straight again or something. It was just a phase. Right. Or or like you were just waiting for the right dick. Right. Because like in like a lot of LGBTQ culture, like a lot of people don't, like to date bisexuals because they think that it's just like it's just a phase. Like right. I know a lot of women who are who are lesbians who won't date bisexual women because they're like, no, like it's just it. and like so that's I think bisexuality really is like a huge stigmatized population. Mm-hmm. Um and I agree. It's also like construed to be super slutty, which is annoying. <laughs> it is annoying. But and and you know what? Like it is it's difficult. It's difficult and it's annoying because you're right. Like, I think for for someone like me, like I'm not practicing right. that, and so people will be like, "Well, yeah, like you're a legitimate. <laughs> like you're not. Just, you're just straight." Then. Well, and then even on the other side, it's like, "Well, you can pass as straight, so you don't have to deal with the shit that we have to deal with." That's something that I've always felt so. I don't know if I've told, I don't think I've told this on the podcast before, but um, one time I was, we, my friends and I, we went to the city for one of my good friend, Greg's birthday. Um, He's gay, his partner's gay, obviously, and um, my two friends, Kate and Ames, both, um, I think that identify, I, I, I'm not going to speak for what they identify, but they're very much wiggly. Gen, not wiggly, gender, wiggly, I sexually love wiggly, that. I will say. Like, they can appreciate the beauty in a woman. Have they ever, like, necessarily been with girls? It's not for me to, but they're bo- they both have boyfriends. Okay. So, three straight girls and two gay guys 
is how we're perceived because again, I'm very feminine. So like when I go out, heels are on, like hair is curled, lipstick, everything. Yeah. Like I am very much like straight looking, I guess, which how could you determine that's right, what bothers me. Some so women like to portray as femme. Right. So so we went to, <laughs> we went to this gay club. We finally got upstairs. It was so fucking hot. Went up to the bar. Oh, oh! first we're all dancing under the air conditioning vent, which is amazing. We're like, oh, dying. It's disgusting in here. Um, and this wasn't like just like a gay male bar. Like I think it was very much, because there were lots of women there. Mm -hmm. And I was like dancing with my friends. And I'm like, you know what? I got to. I gotta go. Like, I gotta do something. Like, I need to, like, we're here. This is my opportunity. I have so, all my, for the most part, my friends are very, like, straight. So I was like, this is my time to, like, go find, because I have such a hard time. Like, I don't use the apps. Like, I have a very hard time. It is hard. It's like, hard to know, like, are are you into me or, or do you want to be my friend? Right. And either is fine. Like, either is fine, but, like. Yeah, but, like, I need to know so I can base my my actions with you exactly. off of that. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go. And my friend was like, I was going to say you should do that. And I'm like, this is exactly why I have to go. Because, like, I don't need, like, right. I just want to be normal. Like, I just want to be normal. So I went up to the bar. And <laughs> there is this girl, like, two, like, two spots away from me. There weren't seats at this. It was more of a club, I guess, situation. And um, very, like... You could tell she was definitely queer, short hair, like, the way she just presented herself. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm norm normally not into, like, a dykey look, but, like, you're hot. Like, okay. And then all of a sudden, this, like, 45-year-old, do you watch Claws? No, I've oh, heard of this, God, though. Claws is amazing. This bitch comes up looking like Quiet Ann. Claws? Claws is Niecy Nash. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, Karuchi Tran is in oh. it. It's about a nail salon and lots of crime. And it, wait, Niecy Nash like was just like, isn't she like acclaimed for that role? Probably because it's a fucking terrific show. Okay. There's a lot. To, it blends like um, a lot of queer things, a lot of like cultural things. Yes, it's just very pertinent. So there's I this think. person called Silent Anne. Quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, quiet in. She's a badass bitch. Um, she's played by a notable actress, but I can't I can't recall her name at this point. Um, she comes up in like you know a beater, like short, older, like maybe in her forties. I don't know. And she comes in between us, and I'm like, oh, you're not the, <laughs> the lady that I was looking for. Oh. Not that she's not attractive or anything, but I was just like, oh, you were like very. This woman was on Scrubs. She's in a lot. She's great. Anyway, this bitch comes up between us. Not, I don't mean bitch in a derogatory right, sense. Like, just this female comes in between us, and I was like, fuck, there goes my opportunity to, like, try. Because I'm so uncomfortable. I was in one gay relationship, and, like, everything else is just, like, terrifying to me. Because I, as a pansexual, I think you're, like, super... You need to know somebody's, like, aura, and you can't figure that out by just looking at them. Mm -hmm. Like, you need to interact, whatever. So I'm like, well, that's off the table. And this fucking gay guy comes up, and he's, like, 
you want a drink? Let's take some shots, whatever. Like, let's get some drinks. So we ordered drinks and he's like, order two, order two. So I don't know why, but like the hetero in me just like assumed he was paying for these drinks. And I'm like, I'm not, like, he was not about to pay. And I was like, I'm paying $18 for two drinks that I definitely don't fucking need. Whatever. He walked away from me. I, I now have these drinks. And I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing? Where are my friends? Like, I need to get back to home base because I'm so confused. And I turned around and I was like, fucking gay people. And I realized that, like, I'm including myself in this label. Like, yes. we're terrible people. But nobody sees me as, like, gay. Because I'm in a... Like, I looked like fucking Ariana Grande minus half the hair. Because I'm in, like, this pink, pink, pink. Everything was pink. Like, it's like, oh, my God. I can't talk, like, I can't talk like that. Because this is not, like, how I'm perceived. And it's so fucking terrible. So now, like, obviously, I lean towards men. Because they're the people that approach me in situations. Because I don't look like a lesbian gen right now maybe <laughs> but like when I'm going out like you're more femme yeah so it's a very it, I fucking hate it man it's hard it's very hard because I would definitely be more femme and I am definitely attracted to people who are more masculine like women who are more masculine yeah. like I would be the woman who would wear the dress and the woman I would be with would not be wearing a dress they would be wearing like a very nice fitted suit yes I just find it so interesting because in my ideal world I'd be in the dress and so would you <laughs> and like that's like and that's great yeah just to each his own but it's hard it's like a weird dating because I'm I think I'm more masculine in mind like mindset in, yes. than how you present yes this is why sexuality is so cool. It's fucking terrible. No, it's so cool, though. That this is why, though, because you can feel a certain way and present a different way and, like, have sex a different way. Right. Like, but people are just so set on, like, this is what we're supposed to do. Let's get in missionary position. And if you like doggy, you're kinky. Yeah. It's not true. Anywho. Anywho. Um, how old are you? I am 28. And what's your sign? I'm an Aries through and through. Yes. And uh, my rising and um, moon are both fire signs as well. So very all around a fire. Yes. Um, I want to come back to that because I have, when we get to the culture part, I have an app I've been listening to, or right. an app, a podcast I've been listening to. And um, I don't know if you follow Astro Poets on Twitter. I think I do. They're, like, really ambiguous, but they're, like, so fucking funny. Um, they started a podcast, and they oh. talk a lot about... Because the one host is an Aries. Okay. And um, I love it, because I told you before, the only Aries I, like, know, I have a cousin, you, and my former boss. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying, like... For me, astrology is, like, a case study of, like, how I can interact with people. And they, I think it gives me, like... Um, more grace with people because mm. I'm like maybe they're doing this because this is their inherent like yeah personality anyway enough about me <laughs> how did we meet we met I think at Camp Hidden Falls you used no. to bring your ukulele guitar you didn't have 
Do you have a ukulele, though? Everybody says that. I thought it was a ukulele. <laughs> Literally, everybody thinks I play the ukulele. Um, my brother does. Oh, maybe that's it. My little brother. And I've played it a couple times, but no, mostly guitar. Um, I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. That was Cobra Starship year. Oh, my God, yeah. You know, I can't hear. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I ran theater group. Did you run? Yeah. I ran it. Well, the first year I went, I was, like, learning um, under Sean and Ryan. Yeah, the best fucking theater And then ever. I took over, and Wayne led it with me. Yes. Wayne, and I can't remember who the third one was. It might have been Juan. I don't know. I don't know. But I, don't I know, know Wayne was went. there. Did he go? I have no. Listen, I don't remember a lot about high school because I was really hungry and my brain stopped working. So, which was crazy for me to like find out as adults, but yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of people that had like you know whatever you want to call it, eating disorders or whatever. Um, when I found out when we were older, I was like, what? Yeah. Like, but. Because high school, you're so wrapped up in your own little fucking bubble. Well, that's, but. like, biology and development. Yeah. Um, people think the world revolves around them, and that's not, like, even in a negative way. Like, that's just right. development. Right. You just think you're the center of the universe. Um, so you basically packaged yourself in a nice brand, but what you doing in, in more detail, I guess? What am I doing? Um, Whatever you <clears throat> want to talk about. Career. Obviously, we're at a gym. Oh, we're recording from a gym. Your gym. CrossFit Raid. My yes. fiance owns it. He started it in 2014. Um, CrossFit is how I met him. He was my judge at a competition um, after I went through a very emotionally intoxic relationship. And um, what a I dynamic. Yeah. Judge and competitor. He was my judge, <laughs> and I thought he was so cute, and he was not my type because I always went for like skinny, scrawny guys. I'm sorry, but your boyfriend is. <sighs> Thank you. Not he really you pulls off that young Johnny Depp. Yeah, <laughs> but like less, not at all pretentious. Like yeah. very friendly looking. Yeah, he's got a great you guys jaw. Are a hot couple. <laughs> but then that's, that's he proposed at a CrossFit competition. It was it was poetic. Yeah, but yeah, um, he had he had a girlfriend. But I was in it for the long game. Oh, and so I came here and I waited. <laughs> Because I'm really good at getting what I want. <laughs> so you don't love CrossFit as much as you love your boyfriend. He's my fiance. Fiance. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Let's see. I'm so bad. You know, all the time, I had to text Bethany the other day and be like, did you change your last name? Oh, Like, wow. I'm really bad at these, like, because it's, it's, we're in that, I think, time period where, like, everybody's, like, not everybody, obviously, but, like, it happens so quick and with the fucking internet and, like, I'm All of like, a sudden, did I see you people on my timeline. Or... Like, who's this person? Who's yeah. that name? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, sorry, continue. Oh, no. What else? Um, what else do I do? I um, have been in grad school. This is my fourth year. I'm getting two master's degrees through Widener University. I'm getting my uh, master's of social work as well as my master's of education in human sexuality. So um, once I get licensed as a licensed social worker... I can then get supervision to become a licensed, certified um, sex therapist, which I need supervision under someone who is a licensed sex therapist, which I have. Anyway, there's licensing is really confusing, but what kind of environment do you do that in? Like in a like um, like is that like a supervision? 
Or? No, sex, becoming a sex therapist, like, do you, uh, is it like people seek you out like a regular therapy type yeah. thing? Or? A lot of things come from referrals because a mm -hmm. lot of regular, like, regular therapists, I guess, or therapists who focus on um, anxiety, depression, uh, suicidality, <clears throat> a lot of people aren't as comfortable talking about sexuality. I don't know if you... Because you right. seem to be comfortable, but right. not everyone is. No. And um, so that's why we get a lot of referrals. But a lot of times it's really hard because insurance isn't going to pay for sex therapy because America hates sex and pleasure. So, and therapy, kind and, of. And therapy. <laughs> um, so a lot of people kind of like it gets um, billed as like depression or couples therapy. Okay. Or like anxiety. Like so. Right. Yeah. Interesting. And what would, I don't want to like, well, because we're speaking hypothetically, but mm -hmm. like what would your typical client or patient, what would be like maybe, are you like talking to assault, like assault victim? So or? currently I am interning at an agency that um, focuses and works only with people who have been victims of crime in okay. Bucks County. Um, they either were... A victim of a crime in Bucks County or they live in Bucks County um, and so we get grants through the state and funders um, to work with them it can be sexual assault it can be physical assault um, we don't touch domestic violence because we send them to specifically a domestic domestic violence agency okay. because that is a different it's just a different type of crime um, but we do um, people who have had loved ones who've been murdered. So a lot of homicide. Okay. Um, we can get people who've been like identity theft, all of that. But primarily what I'm working with is people who have been um, victims of sexual assault hmm. in some capacity. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm working primarily in trauma work. Mm -hmm. um, so I see, I have one client who is a 55 year old and then my youngest client is eight. But I've worked with a client who was six. I was going to ask if you worked with children. Yes. Uh, and it is hard because... I can only imagine. They shit. don't want to talk about it. Like, the, I have a client now. He he knows what happened to him, but he does not want to talk about it yet. Mm -hmm. um, and so for a large part of what I'm doing, it's just, like, building a relationship with them. Right, so right. So I'm playing board games. We're doing um, yoga poses and learning how to breathe. Um, we call it belly breathing, like make sure your belly comes out, like that's how you breathe because it'll calm you down. Um, teaching them safety. So like coping type? A lot of coping, a lot of safety skills. Um, and then my favorite area to work with is older teens and um, like 20s, 30s. Mm -hmm. So I'm working with a couple of girls who are teenagers and then women who are young 20s to early 30s and that's where I connect yeah. I had my first client this week tell me they fucking hated me. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it was, like, a celebratory moment because I made her cry, so she said she fucking hated me. But, like, she doesn't actually hate no, me. No, I totally get that. And I was just like, right. do you? <laughs> I just, like, felt like I was, like, doing my job. I felt like I really, it was a breakthrough for yeah, her. Yeah, right. Because it's, like, acknowledging emotions that she, and she's not. No. She's not an emotional person, and 
she's like the type of person, we call them like doorknob confessions. Like she's like five minutes left in session. She's like, oh yeah, so this thing. And I'm like, we need to start being vulnerable earlier. That's so, that's so me. That's so <laughs> funny. Oh my God. Doorknob confessions. I mean, that's what we named it. Term. And it sounds like an MTV show, but like. It does. <laughs> we have a new idea. Nobody take that. Damn that shit. Um. Yo, that's incredible. So kudos to you because you. I, I'm in therapy with my mom, obviously, <clears throat> and seeking my own therapist. Um, that's why I'm not in therapy. There is one therapist in my current network, so mm -hmm. I'm trying to change my plan. Um, There's only like, one therapist in your current network? In Within, I mean, oh my drivable gosh. distance. Yeah, but that's... Because I'm all over the place. I can't go far. Yeah, and she graduated from college in the 60s. Mm. And I'm like, mm, I just don't want to bother being disappointed. I'm sure she's a lovely woman, but like with all of my weird quirks, I'm like, yeah, it's just not worth it right now. My therapist is older, um, but she's not like graduated in the 60s older. Yeah. She's just like probably like a little bit younger than my mom, mm -hmm. but she also has the same name as my mom. <laughs> so There's a lot of shit going on there. But she's great. I mean, your, it takes your a while. Your mom's Susan? Karen? Sharon. Sharon. That's Sharon. Sharon. She's a hoot. Oh, God. Um, yeah, therapy is very interesting. So kudos to you because I, I think about it when I go, um, more when I leave therapy with my mom, I'm like, we just dump. And you get dumped on all fucking day. Yeah. So, like, it's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm there 24 hours a week. And then I'm at Trader Joe's about 24 to 30 hours a week. And then I'm here coaching. I only coach two classes right now because I just don't have the time. Yeah. And I used to train like six out of seven days and now I'm down to like four days. Yeah. Um, so then there's like a lot of like my own guilt and shame. But the agency I work out, I work at is amazing about like how are you going to take care of yourself? How are you going to discharge after a tough Good. client? How are you going to take care of yourself this weekend? Um, and the supervision is phenomenal. Like, I can go to any of the counselors there and say, like, I don't know what to do with this person. Like, and, and then some people, like you said, dumping. Mm -hmm. I did an intake this week for my older client, and she has never told ever, anyone her trauma. She had a partner for 11 years who knew, like, 70% of her trauma. Um, and she's like, I just, I need someone to carry this with me. Mm -hmm. And I said, like, that's what I can be here for. I can help you carry this. Right. Like, and just the relief on her face was, like, enough. So do you have, like, a certain level of detachment where you're just, not detachment per se, but, like, um, do you try to leave work at work? Yes. And, like, yeah. just. It's boundary setting. Right. Which has started to help me in my personal life as well mm -hmm. um, because I can sometimes be very much a doormat. I'm very much a people pleaser. Yeah. Um, I just actually, like, broke up with a friend a few weeks ago that I really <laughs> needed to break up with yeah. for a long time. It was just a toxic relationship, and um, neither of us like each other. So, you know, but that's really... It's tough still. Yes. I've broken up with, like, one other friend before. Yeah. Um <clears throat> But it's, it's a lot, but it is boundary setting. Um, you know, we talk about, like, lighting a candle or, like, washing your hands, leaving it at home. And at my first internship, I did not do that. Mm -hmm. And I worked in drug and alcohol. And mm -hmm. if my clients didn't show up for a group on Friday, 
I would think about them all weekend. Like, did they overdose? Did they relapse? Did this happen? Um, And then I saw the client that I worried about most at my new agency. And it was just like, I saw her and it like triggered me immediately. Cause like I had to work so hard on like not worrying about her all the time. So it's a lot. I can imagine. But that's why if you ever go to a therapist who doesn't have a therapist, don't go to that therapist. Like, therapists seen, need therapists. I've seen a lot online about that recently. I don't know if it's from you directly or other people, but which is partially why I'm doing this podcast to like show people they're not alone and like their fears and oh, yeah. But also to make therapy, I think, more acceptable because there's such a stigma on so many things. Well, and and therapy is like dating. Mm-hmm. Like you are not going to connect with every therapist. Right, right. The first therapist I ever had was when I was 15. He was an eating disorder specialist, and he was an older white man. And I remember sitting in that office at 15 thinking, what the fuck do you know right. about what I'm going through? And I, can, I still hate the sound of his voice to this day. And I'm sure he was a very nice yeah, man, and but he was not educated. what I needed then. Right, right. The person I'm seeing with my mom now, I think, is very good. Um, but I don't think I'd necessarily want to see her for... Individual. Yeah, something outside of the family counseling. Um, and family counseling is like a whole other beast in itself. It's crazy. It's really weird. It's like... Uh, it's, it's more... I just want her there to be a mediator. And I think that that's what she's helping with. Um, but I also think I'm, I'm always right. So <laughs> she, yeah. she knocks me down a little bit and like, you know, but that keeps me in my place, good. which is good. When you're doing therapy, like in couples sessions or with families, like it's really hard because there's a lot of personalities in there. Mm-hmm. And then you have to say, you're not taking sides. Like you might think someone is right, but like, it's not your choice. And with couples therapy, the goal isn't always for you to get out of couples therapy happy. Like sometimes the goal is like, okay, well, how, how do we separate that? Right. Because right. sometimes that's not always the healthiest option. Exactly. But therapists facilitate, they don't fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people don't get is like, you're not going to come here and all of a sudden be better. Like, I'm going right. to help you reframe some things, mm-hmm. change your view on some things, give you tools, but like, I'm not going to make you better. Right. So. Yeah. I think, um, I definitely only look for coping mechanisms. I'm like, can you tell me how to deal with this? (laughs) Just options for me to maybe think about. Um, But that's a start. Yeah. Yeah. But I never want my problem solved personally because I'm like, I know I'm the only one that can fix this. But like, if you could tell me possibly how I could make that happen (laughs) or like, you know, lead me toward how to make that happen. And then when you say things like that, your therapist will say, well, how do you think you should do that? And I get this therapist oh voice, God. too. So I'll be, Do you? Oh, it's so bad. My friend Anna tells me, she's like, sometimes you talk to me and I want to cry. Because I'll be like, well, what do you think you should do? And then I think it's a total shift. And, like, I can feel my face change. And it's terrible. I because, feel like that's the actor in you from mm-hmm. theater. Because you're so able. I'm spinning everywhere. You're so able to, like. Okay. And scene. It really is. But it's. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's wild. Um. So, transitioning. Transitioning. Because it kind of has to do with it. But what bugs you out? What gives you the most anxiety? What oh, makes you tick? Oh. Um. I think 
Whatever you're comfortable talking about, obviously. I am an open book. Yeah, I think we're very similar yeah. in that way. I, I, and that's the thing, like... All right, so social media is evil, but it's also great. <laughs> I know! Right. <laughs> I truly like to be open on social media, not because I want attention. Like, do I like attention? Yes, I'm an Aries. Like, yes, I'm a middle child. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. I love attention. Yeah. I do. I was a theater kid. But... You're not seeking validation from it? No, I want others to realize, like, people are dealing with this stuff. And, like, from the outside, I have an amazing fiancé. I have an amazing family. Like, I have a good life. Yeah. But I have clinical depression. Mm -hmm. And I have clinical anxiety. And... I'm fucking broke. I'm going to be over $100,000 in student loan debt. Jesus. And, you know, like, but, like, I couldn't do what I love without going into that debt. Right. I couldn't practice therapy. Mm -hmm. um, like, right now, if I got kicked out of school, it would be all for nothing. Yeah. So, um, wow, that was not even... Oh, acceptance. I just... I hate adults who think it's still cool to be cruel. Mm. Like, I, leave it in high school. Like, even in high school, I would, you couldn't pay me to go back to high school. You know what? That is so, I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I was thinking about the other day. I have a friend, and she, I don't think she's being cruel. I think in, intentionally. Mm -hmm. I think she's, like, trying to maybe mimic Things that she's learned, or it's a learned behavior, um, but she she makes fun of. I don't know how much I should share of this, but she makes fun of. Um, you can always cut this. I know, but it's I think it's an important thing to talk about. Um, she m mimics one of my friends, who maybe is a little more. Oh, I'll put it this way: one of my friends is maybe a little more masculine looking. Okay. To which I'm like, she's just embracing who she is and doesn't feel the need to change herself for society's standards of what she looks like, what have you. Um, and every time she makes fun of her, I'm like, I'm like, ha ha. <laughs> like, okay, like, what, it, that's your prerogative and, like, wh yeah. what you see as feminine. And, like, I, I don't break it down to her because I don't think she would understand mm. what I'm getting at. But, like... Society's view of beauty doesn't isn't what beauty is, right? And so it, it, I think it's, but I think that's cruel. I think, and I wanted to tweet something to the effect of like, we need to stop do, making comments about things that people can't help. Like you're inherently born that way, and I mean, yeah, you could go and like, I got laser hair removal because people made fun of my mustache for years. Yeah, I, I was it was to the point where I was like. I had anxiety talking to people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's totally true. Right. But I don't, I, but I, I, that's not maybe the best example because I don't think she's intentionally trying to be cruel, but that no. is cruelty. It is cruel. Because why, why, why do you need to, to focus on what people look like? Because the things that people could say about what I look like are endless, you know? And yeah. I've, I've heard it throughout high school, but yeah, cruelty, man. But you would never go back to high school? Oh, never. No. Could not pay me. Me either. You could not pay me to go back. Middle school even less. Mm-hmm. And like, was mean. Literally, all I can think about when I think about middle school is my very, very good and dear friend came out as gay very young. And she was 
just demolished for it. Mm -hmm. And I was the only person who stuck by her in seventh grade. Therefore, I was also a lesbian. And now she's like, she's like, wow, you're like 15 years late realizing you're bi. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, I think about that all the time too. Everybody used to call me a lesbian. It was such a terrible thing. And now I'm like, I like it all, man. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, whatever. But apparently I'm obnoxious for thinking that way, too. But Well, you're probably a slut and greedy for yeah, thinking that way. right. I, I was talking to, though, um, Bethany and Corey. Yeah. She came to visit. And uh, we were talking about, you know, that whole group, that friendship group of all the dudes. I'm not going to name everybody. Oh, I know names, the dudes. But, yeah. And I, I said some shit. And because I'm sure they're great people. I think a lot of them are doing well now, and I think a lot of them have changed. A lot of them vastly. have grown up. Yes, and I think I've interacted with a couple on, like, random occurrences, and they seem to be much more aligned with, you know, a positive view of things. Um, but I was like, I fucking... They were horrible. They yeah. were fucking horrible to us, and, like... They were terrible. Yeah. They were terrible... Here's the thing. If you are silent, like, against the oppressor, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I I think that, and I was probably terrible to so many people. I I will never forget being in Volpe's class, and somebody was talking about how they thought my little brother was gay, who is now a flaming fucking homosexual. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But being raised in the Christian household, it was like, no, he cannot possibly be gay. And I I screamed. I was like, my little brother is five years old. He's not fucking gay. And Volpe said to me, Cassandra, I always loved him for calling me Cassandra. He's like, Cassandra, it's not a bad thing to be gay. And like, Something clicked in my fucking brain, and I was like, you know what? You're right. And I didn't, I wasn't saying it as if it was a bad thing, but it was just like. That was your, those were your morals growing up. Right. It was, and not even morals, just like some fucking crazy made up rules that were like. Those are values that are, yes. And so I think a lot of people think that way, but. Oh, absolutely. Every, okay, this is something I've learned in grad school. All of us, the first thought you have is what you were taught. The second thought you have in your brain is what you've learned, right? So, like, this whole cancel culture and all of this shit. Like, people make mistakes. Like, I've said ignorant shit before in the past. Ignorant shit about race, about, like, orientation, about all of those things because I didn't know any better. Right. But I've learned, and now I stand up for those people. Like, all of us still have racist thoughts because that's what was drilled into Mm -hmm. us. For you, growing up Christian, you still have those things, but you're like, no, that's not how I really, that's not what I really believe. Right. So. Nature versus nurture, man. Oh, yeah. It's a crazy concept. There's so much I want to talk about. Continue on. I'm so anxious. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All right. I actually, side note, let's talk about T-Hot. T. Hyman. T. Hyman. T. Hyman. <laughs> I literally wrote in my notes, T. I. Hyman. T. I. Hyman. I literally have this saved in my phone to pull up. All right, let's talk about where this all began. What else makes me tick? Is that where we are on your list? Yeah, that's that's it. That's, okay. That's so. What makes me tick? Whole meat of it. Yeah. Um, also women's reproductive rights, women's bodies, and I don't just mean people who are born female, women in general. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, yes, there are many other 
intersectional things that occur. Race, religion, Mm -hmm. all of those things are intersectional. I get it. I am so, so sick of people telling women what to do with their bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard it my entire life about tattoos, piercings, all of that. I mean, like, and that's, like, minimal. Mm -hmm. But here we are, like, people are sterilized um, against their will. People are forced into abortions against their will. People are, I mean, there's a lot. So... In 2016, um, I started grad school. Started grad school, and I was surrounded by people who finally thought like me and was learning so much about sexuality as a whole, which sexuality people think it's intercourse. It's penis and vagina. Sexuality is like how you present yourself. Um, this thing called skin hunger. If you don't know what skin hunger is, look it up because that we could talk an entire episode about skin hunger. It's amazing. It's basically like a circle of intimacy and like, cause there's like circles of sexuality and how they all inter- interconnect with one another. And it's, it's basically like everything about us. And then our values are in the middle of that. And that's who we are. Um, so it's how we present. It's who we love. It's how we love. Mm-hmm. It's all of those things. Um, And I was like, wow, this is mind-blowing. So I'm in that culture, and they call it the Widener Bubble because we spend 18 hours on a weekend together. Yeah. Saturday and Sunday, and then you get tossed back into the real world. Is there – how many are are there? Not that it's – Like people? I'm just curious. Yeah, like Um, in there. There's probably like 15 to 20 in a class. Okay, so intimate. It's intimate. It's very intimate. And you're, like, sharing very intimate personal things. Right. And, like, our capstone class was a week-long, 9 to 5 – talking about like the most intimate I mean we got in a circle and we were like okay we want all the people of color to ask white people like questions that you're afraid to ask that's dope we want all the white people to ask the people of color questions that they're too afraid to ask I love that it was amazing and I participated in it like I was one of the white people who asked and it was like refreshing because we were able to ask like real questions right without feeling like confrontational confrontational because there I mean culture is so different. Yeah. So, anyway, I think, like, one of the questions someone asked was, like, white people, like, why don't you season your food? <laughs> <laughs> Me and my friend were talking about, because um, her dad is, like, mildly racist. I mean, whose parents aren't mildly, mildly racist, racist. Yeah. Not to justify it, but it's the, it is the My parents are for Trump. Time. It's tough. <sighs> my grandparents did. At least I have that separation of the generation. I love my parents. My parents They're are great definitely more people. It's very hard. How old are your parents? 65. Okay, they're on that edge. Because my parents are kind of younger, being the oldest. Like, my dad will be 50 next year. Oh, yeah, my parents are older. Yeah. A lot of people, I I remember being a kid. But for my brother, they're, like, old compared to... Anyway, um, my friend was trying to find something to throw back. White friend was trying to find something to throw back in her dad's face when he made, like, racial... Not slurs, but, like... um, you know, stereotypical statements, racist statements. Yeah. And she was like, the only thing I can think of is like, well, do you season your food? And I'm like, because we are the, unfortunately, as white men, not, I'm not a white man, but like, white men, they've ruled this all for so long, so it's not necessarily stereotypical. It wouldn't offend him, the things that you could say. I was like, what? Um, I don't know. Wear socks with sandals? Like, I literally don't know what you could say to, like, make him think or make him tick. But yeah. I was like, consult the internet. But anyhow. Anywho. 
So then the election happened, and I got blasted for being too vocal, for being too political, Amen, for being too everything. And that's a, that's a huge anxiety of mine is being too much yet somehow not enough. I get that. But yeah. even, did you feel like you even got that from people that have the same mind frame as you? Yeah. Yes. Yes. This was and the it was worst part. Mind like, it's like, why won't you speak up? Yeah. And that's the thing that really bugs me is like, what is so wrong with having opinions? I know. And what is so wrong? And now when people say like, well, why are you so political? Social work is political. Yeah. Social work is political. Every single bill that passes affects a client of mine. Yep. Every single bill. Yeah. Healthcare. I mean, childcare, education, all of that shit. Right. So now I've embraced it and I'm like, fuck it. I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be political. If you don't like it, there is an unfollow button. The other part of that, though, is I don't think you're being political. I think you're speaking social rights, which I don't necessarily think is, like, we've blended it so much. Oh, like, yeah. These things should not be no. political. It should They're not be human rights. Oh, you're a liberal because you think black people should have rights? Right. Or women should have, like... Right. So, I mean, I have friends who are Republicans, and they still think that the things that are happening are atrocious. So I don't hate Republicans. No. I just hate people who are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's like closed-minded. Like Closed-minded. Yes. People who are like, oh, like using the term there is plural. I know. I've, I love that because I, I, communications journalism, English minor, I am a grammar fucking Nazi, although that's probably not a good term to say. It's an internet <laughs> term. Don't worry about it. I don't it. know what to call I've it. I've used it. <laughs> I don't know what to say other than Nazi. But um, I, oh, my right. boss said that to me one time, and like you know, it's plural, and I just kind of laughed at her because I was like, "We're not gonna go, Mm-mm. we're not gonna change minds in this conversation, and no. I'm not gonna argue with you." But what do you call the general they when you say, "Well, they say," like they could be one person when you say that. It is. It's so annoying to me. Is that their jacket? Yeah. You say that. And in journalism, you use they sometimes singularly. You genuinely have to because you, the unidentified source, you don't know what it is. Well, now the dictionary has changed it, so it's like a moot point. Yeah. I I have so many questions. After the podcast, though, I do have a lot of questions. Okay. I have About, um, like, gender identity in that way. Because you saw my tweet. With, like, the ally yes. type thing. Absolutely. And I get, I well, I yes. want to talk about okay. this off the podcast. So. Because I'm so ignorant. It's okay. Um, that's not ignorant. You're asking questions. You're not staying in the dark. Um, so, yeah. So, whenever women's reproductive rights come up, it's very tough for me. So, like, I grew up in a very open household. Like, my parents, like, joked about sex all the time. Like, okay. you know, we talked about sex like it wasn't it wasn't hidden my mom found condoms in my underwear drawer when I was 16 (laughs) what a surprise I had just had sex for the first time and she found me crying in my room oh god because like (laughs) I'm sorry I'm like picturing like a fox family like oh yeah (laughs) it was fox family she's like abc family you had sex, didn't you? Oh, my God. And I was like, yeah. And you're like, put your head down. Yeah. yeah. She's like, and now you regret it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I do. She's like, well, at least you're being safe. 
<laughs> we, why was your mom looking in your underwear? Dude, I don't know. My mom went through my drawers too, but like. I think she was like looking for something for my little sister, she oh says. She was looking for stuff. Yeah. So, moms are such fucking snoops, man. But here's the thing, I've always been a sexual person. Like, when I was seven years old, I, like, ran around naked with the neighbors. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, and now, like, I'm thinking back. I'm like, ooh, was that problematic? Because then I would be like, okay, we're playing house. Like, we're married now. Married people have sex. And my my neighbor was like, okay, we had sex. And I was like, no, we got to have sex. Oh, my God! (laughs) (laughs) And, like, my mom tried to talk to me about what sex was. And I covered my ears and walked out there and be like, I knew what sex was. Now, I'd seen porn. Because my neighbor, who was, like, a year older than me, she was like, look what I found. Oh, my and, like, God. And we watched it. And, like, <laughs> so, like, it's a vast, that's such I a I walked contrast. in on my parents. Really? Like, oh, yeah, they don't, they didn't know. Like, I walked downstairs, and they were, like, doing it in the kitchen. And I was like, okay. But, like, very vivid for my seven-year-old mind. Holy shit. So, <laughs> this is, th- then, then I'm like, why do you ask? And, like, my entire life, my mom used to say, like, no. You have to test drive the car before you buy it. Oh, my God. So, like... That's the best analogy. So, me, like, yeah. But then, like, later, my mom's like, you don't have to test drive every car. Like... <laughs> 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 Thanks, Mom. Just the ones you really, really yeah. want. But... <laughs> yeah, here's my mom who'd be like, go on that date to make this other guy jealous. Like, there's like these two contradictions yeah. of who Sharon is. Oh like, Sharon, God. are you a slut or not? I don't know. <laughs> um, my dad would say yes, but. Um, so, I was very open about these things. Where was I going with this? Oh, regardless, I have been very, very passionate about sexuality my entire life. Mm-hmm. So, now when things come up, I get really, really pissed because. My mom didn't necessarily shame me for losing my virginity, which, let's put this out there, virginity is a social construct. Yeah. It is a thing that is made to keep women feeling less than. It 100% is because virginity for a man is not emphasized. Never. At all. Never. The way... No, it's like, oh... Unless, unless they're like, oh, you're still a virgin. Right, right. But for right. women, it's There's coveted. like a shame. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. So when I read about T.I. taking his 18-year-old daughter to make sure that she got virginity checks, first of all, there is no way scientifically that you can tell by looking in a woman's vagina if they are a virgin or not. Right. Unless there's, like, traumatic, like, sexual assault. Right, right. Let's talk about what the hymen is actually for. Please, tell me. (laughs) I'm learning. Okay. So hymens exist in mammals. Mammals. Virginity is not a thing in the animal kingdom. No. It is only a thing in humankind. So, why would the hymen exist in mammals if it's about virginity? The hymen is only useful until like the age of three because it's literally used to keep fecal matter and bacteria out of the vagina. Oh. That is what it is. It is a protective barrier for that. Horseback riding, yes, can break it. Uh, riding a bike, yes, can break it. Gymnastics yeah, can break it. Yeah, I've always heard gymnasts. All of these things can break it because there's like that. But also, some women, tampons. Tampons can right. break it. It does not matter. Only like 70 75% of women or like, I can't even remember the percentage, but if you bleed it, like a lot 
after your first time, it's because there's sexual trauma. Spotting is normal. Bleeding a lot is not normal. Mm -hmm. It can hurt, yes, but a lot of times that's because there's not enough lubrication. Right. Because most, this is a general statement, but a lot of times people don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And so they're not excited enough. I always thought it was like weird. When I I was 18, when I, I was senior week actually, when I lost my virginity. Scandalous. <laughs> it was scandalous because I initiated everything. Like my first time I was on top. This poor kid, I think he was a virgin too. And I was just like, Woo! And like, I don't remember it being painful. Because it's not painful it for It wasn't everyone. painful at all. Because the hymen is Ensuing, stretchy. It, like, intercourse interactions were painful. But like, I don't, I, but I think I probably didn't have hymen then because I was so active in so many things. And like, I was like falling out of fucking trees. Yeah. And like, so I doubt I had one, but, or it broke, whatever. I don't know the proper term, but. Yeah, it, I I always laugh when people talk about like their first time and they're like, oh my god, it hurt. I'm like, well, you don't want to hear my story because it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, mine hurt. The next but it day was it hurt. Three but... seconds long, and then I said, next time, can I be on top? <laughs> we were watching the movie Big. <laughs> Tom Hanks, great movie. That's so hard. <laughs> 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 anyway, let's talk about, for people who don't know what a hymen is, hymen is a thin membrane located just inside the opening of the vagina. The vagina is not your entire private part, by the way. The outside is the vulva. Right. People say, oh, your vagina. Like, no, the vagina is just the inside. That's where the baby comes out. Like the, the canal. The canal. The lips, which we call the lips, but they're labia majora and minora. Um, and the lips. <laughs> That's your vulva. I just wish people would get that right. Yeah. So, which I recently just learned. So, no, that's fine. You learned. Twenty-seven years old. <laughs> most people don't know that. Yeah. Um. So most people have a small opening in their hymen already to allow things like menstrual blood through. A very small amount of people have theirs completely closed up, and many things can quote-unquote, tear a person's hymen, including horseback riding, tampon use, gymnastics, bike riding, or masturbation. Um, but TI ignores that. Um, and there is no medical or scientific term um, for virginity. Like, that's literally just a made-up word. Huh. Um, basically, oh, this is the big one. Let's talk about this. Students in 29 states, all of this information is from Teen Vogue. Teen Vogue is the shit. Yeah. They're on top of their stuff. Students in 29 states are taught sex education that stresses abstinence. And students in 19 states are taught that they shouldn't have sex outside the confines of marriage. Um, Wait, how many states? 29 abstinence only. Yeah. 19 are taught that they shouldn't have sex outside the confines of marriage. Are you fucking serious? And that's like a legal, like they're not legally required to, to teach anything but abstinence only. Um, what the fucking, what's, we weren't one of those states. No, but I have a question Where for you. Um, so often people, girls specifically, who do have sex before marriage are compared to things like chewed gum. Yep. Oh my God, in the church, obviously. Well, in middle school, we all passed an Oreo around health class. No fucking way. Swear to God. And then our health gym teacher said, who wants to eat the Oreo now that everyone's touched it? <gasps> oh my 
Well, this is reality. Armstrong Middle School. Well, we don't have it much better. I just remember our our gym teacher being like, you think he's a fun guy until you get the fun guy. (laughs) Isn't that great? She was also like six years old, teaching 11 years old about that shit. Wild. Well, you know, unfortunately, we're teaching kids too old. Like, Mm -hmm. we're teaching... What healthy relate? Okay, so Council Rock teaches like healthy relationships. They have like, an, ent- an amazing sexual education curriculum, but they don't teach it until like junior year, and they still need to get a waiver from their parents to allow them into the class. Yeah, I remember having to get waivers for like everything, yeah. everything. But um, basically, yeah. Um, I but do you remember? I I feel like our sexual sexual. Well, I, okay. I had. I'm gonna give a shout out to um, Susie, formerly Antolini, now Denny. She did a great job, I think, with our sexual education. Are you talking about middle school? No, high school. Miss Antolini? She was my volleyball coach. Oh. Still a good friend. We get drinks together. I mean, let me give a shout out to Meredith Leach, Dr. Leach. She was Kramer when we were there. Meredith Kramer, curly hair. Yeah, she was like, she, she's a social, she's a social worker. worker. Yeah, She's the one who got me into the program I'm in. Okay, nice. Um, she had to come into my health class because our gym teacher was too embarrassed to talk to us about stuff. <laughs> he also like wasn't allowed to be in a room with a female alone. What? Oh, yeah. Did something happen? Apparently. Jesus Christ. Right. Um, but uh, Susie, love you, girl. I hope you listen to this. Mm-hmm. She probably does. It wouldn't surprise me, but... Um, she, I remember learning about dental dams with her. She passed. Oh yeah, down. yeah. That's exactly. we had the same thing. But unfortunately, like I don't think they preached abstinence to us. They did they? didn't. No, they did not. We were lucky with that. However, I really want us to start talking about what healthy relationships are, right? And, like what right. identity is, and like what yeah. it means to. I mean, like what we don't teach a pleasure focused model. We still don't tell people ding, ding, ding. that women are supposed to. What is the clitoris for? Literally, clitoris is for pleasure. That's it. Yeah. And we don't teach that to people. And I'm having to deal with that with some clients now who have like a religious upbringing. And they're very, very like, well, you know, I'm not pure anymore because I had sex. And yeah. I'm, or I'm not pure anymore because I was assaulted. And I have to kind of say like, you think you're all of a sudden going to enjoy sex because you got married. Like, right. And you don't, you're not test driving the car. <laughs> Ray, how do you clunker? know how that car drives in weather? You got a fucking lemon. <laughs> my car, my actual car drives like <laughs> shit weather. <laughs> I just recently, I listened to Girls Gotta Eat, their relationship Oh, podcast. I love that. Wait, I haven't listened to a lot of their stuff, but I love their podcast. They're awesome. Um, I recently listened to an episode where it was, uh, they had an awesome guest on, and she nodded to the fact that as women you need to stop and I still am guilty of this but I don't know if it's like an insecurity thing or Mm. what the deal is but you need to stop worrying about the man's pleasure and worry about your pleasure I don't know if you can hear me I'm snapping my fingers (laughs) but it was like this concept that I'm like yeah I, I get it but like holy shit now I get it like what what weird like what crazy concepts have been drilled into me my whole life that I'm so concerned about getting a guy off and not getting off myself. Well, I mean, that's... Or even a woman, like... Right, well... Like, please, God forbid. <laughs> um, because this is what we're taught. 
sex is something that is done to a woman. Yeah. It's not something a woman is involved in. Like, we lose our virginity. We don't give, nothing is gone from us. But it's like, oh, you've given that part of you away. Given what part away? No, like I've gained something. Right. right. I've gained pleasure. Another experience. Right. And that's something that like so many women don't do. Like we fake it and we do this. Like my best friend, Jess, she told. (laughs) Former co-host. Former (laughs) co-host. She told one guy one time, I'm going to tell you right now, this is not 100 for me. She fucking said, I got to tell you, this is not 100. She is that And, like, still to this day, I'm like, you're a fucking queen. I just picture the emojis of, like, the 100. Right, exactly. sign around it. Like, no, eh. she said it to him in bed. I got to tell you, this is not 100. And to me, I'm like, you know what? We need more people to tell people this is not 100. Yeah. And also, men are so afraid and insecure. My ex was so insecure with toys or anything. Mm-hmm. Now Justin's like, you know, like, grab your vibrator. Like, I want you to, like, because he knows. I get obsessed with my vibrator and his penetration. Yeah. It's good that you are with somebody who's, like, open to, well, fucking wants to please you. Oh, yeah. Sexually, but, like, open to... But I think culture is making that all more accepting. One time I had a guy, um, he, he, but this is the problem. He was so, he did it through Snapchat. So it could be gone forever. But he messaged me and he was like, um, I'm so upset too because I really wanted to take advantage of this opportunity. And then things like fizzled out. It is what it is. Is this the guy you talked about last week? No. Oh, oh he just followed me on Instagram. So if you're listening, didn't mean any offense. No, there was nothing offensive about it. No, this is again. You. Text me. <laughs> I just text found out. Cassandra. I just found out that he calls me CC. I love it. Oh, is that what you prefer? I don't care. Well, I just, just know you don't not want Cassie. Cassie. What happened to Cassie? Yeah. What like what? What happened? I went to college, and mm-hmm. everybody called me Cassandra. Cassie just okay. Here's the biggest thing about it. Wait. Pause. What did this guy do on Snapchat first? So we don't lose this. No, we'll come back to it. We don't mention Cassie ever. Michelle called me Cassie a couple times in the last She podcast. said Cass. Yeah, she did after the first time, and I was just like, and then she fixed herself real quick, which is great. Um, everybody used to call me Casey. Instead of it, instead of Cassie, I think it, like, looks similar. Or no, it doesn't. I don't, to us, but I used to get that so much, and I was like, we're going to fucking nip it in the bud. My name is Cassandra. Um, apparently that's too hard for people to say. I'm also not Cassandra and that like, cause that has a U in it or is like very, just like, like I'm very Philadelphian Cassandra. I don't I'm know. Cassandra. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, CC's the brand. So like if people call me CC, cool, but like, I like it. My friends call me Cease. Like my really close friends call me Cease. I love that. Um, I prefer being called Melanie and I become Mel everywhere I go and Unfortunately, like, people who are close to me, like, sometimes will, like, go out of their way not to call me Melanie because they're, like, oh, like, you, I think my name is pretty. I love my name. I love my name. I have such a heart, and I thought about this because you've told me this before that you don't like being called Mel. I'm, like, fuck. 
I always call you Mel Greenberg. I don't know why. <laughs> Mel Greenberg is a Mel fat Greenberg. Philadelphia Inquirer writer for women's no basketball. Way. He is. My family used to make me take. I have a picture of me with Mel Greenberg because my family used to make me take pictures with him at family parties. Oh, it's a dude. Yeah. <laughs> Here he is. This is me and Mel Greenberg. <laughs> You can post that on your Instagram can if you want. Can I post that? Look at how long my arms are. My arms are still that oh long, by the way. Oh, my God. But I look like... Yo, this is a fucking... That is the picture. I'm getting red because it's so funny. It's so <laughs> bad. Look at how long my arms are. <laughs> um, I call you Mel. Most people... Because... Uh, but I don't think I say it to your face. Like, I think if I were to address you... I also am not... I'm not offended by it. I'm only mad at people who, like, go out of their way to do it out of spite. Yeah. I get that. But it does bring me pleasure. Like, everyone at Trader Joe's calls me Melanie, and it makes me so happy. I just get so mad when people call me Cassie, because you could just say Cass with one less syllable, and I prefer it, and it's easier, and it's more, like, um... In... Not informal, but like more like we're friends. Cass, just call me Cat. Whatever. Uh, but I don't like to say the word Melanie because it was my former boss's name, and that's the what Aries. It, yes. Wow. Weird, right? And that's what it conjures. Funnily enough, for she hates being called Mel too. It's not a trigger. It's just like that was Melanie to me, mm. and like I'm just like then. Eh, but I've been making it a point to, not that I'm talking about you all the time, but I, in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm going to meet with I, Melanie. I, mean, I have to, like, make it a point to call you Cece or Cassandra in my head because I you knew you. You can call you. me Cass. <laughs> that, I mean, that helps. I like Cass. Cass is That's cute. Fine. That's fine. It's just not the brand. Cece's the brand. Cece's so when I introduce brand. myself to people, I generally say Cece. At Starbucks, I say Cece because it's just, like, easier. And they're like, how do you spell that? I'm like, C. C. <laughs> Just my initials. I sign every email with CC and my. Um, oh yeah. That's the point of cynical candor, CC. Oh, here we are. Yeah. It is the brand. Okay, back to Snapchat. Okay, I'm sorry. It's no. <laughs> this is what I do. I meet people and I'm literally like within five minutes. I'm like, what are your hopes and dreams? Right. <laughs> I'm like, like I work. So you're an like, Aries. So you're self-centered, but not in a selfish way. <laughs> No, it's not a personal. No, it's I'm, not. I've learned. From I am self centered. I've learned so much about Aries, and I'm loving it. Anyway, Snapchat guy, I've got to stay on course. I'm gonna hate. It. This is gonna be a long episode, and I'm really excited for it because it's super informative. But Break it into two. I'm gonna have to um, edit a lot. Yes. I'm sorry. That's a I lot of work. Care. I have. I'm. Not I'm glad like, I can be educational. Yeah, I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna crack up the whole time. <laughs> not in the so beginning. Much the beginning fun. was very serious. So this kid hit me up on Snapchat one night, and we we like talk. I think we fooled around or whatever, but we had talked, and I was like, you know, like three months out of a breakup. So I was like, you know, slutting it up. Oh, not, oh yeah, not in any sort of no, negative connotation. But I was like, all right, we're just gonna put the f- you do those things where you take like a nice sexy Snapchat and you send it to like every single guy in your list. <laughs> like, yeah, I've gotten caught doing that though. Did you really? Swear to God, someone was like, "I saw that you sent that to more people." Because apparently, like, this was did back you add in, it into a group? No, oh. no. But this is like back in 2014, and I guess there was some way that you could tell that it was like mass sent. And he was like, "You sent that to more than just me." Oh my God! And then he stopped talking to me. Oh, fuck him. <laughs> fuck if him. You is true. 
Not literally. No, he was bad. So the dude hits me up, and he's like, I have a question for you. And I'm like, oh, my God, yes, please. I love the tea. Of course, like, my heart starts racing. I'm like, I love this. What's your question? And he was like, would you, like, ever want to peg me? And I read it, and I was like, I can't screenshot this. You will see that I screenshot this. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was about to fall asleep. It was, like, 1.30 in the morning, and I sat straight up in bed, and I was like, is this real life right now? Wait. I'm so excited. I am dying right now. I was dying in the moment. And I was like, um... And he, like, I didn't reply quick enough because I was, like, wrapping my head around the whole concept. I was like... Yeah, yeah, like, what, how do we get, like, a fucking strap on? Like, what do we, like, I'm trying to, like, think of all, like, the logistics of, like, how we're going to make this work. And he was like, um, never mind. I didn't mean that. That was my friend. He was just joking. No. And I was like, no, 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 no. Real about, like, yeah, yeah, I would. Like, I know you're not, you're, you did this. It's 1.30 in the morning, like, on, like, a fucking Wednesday or something. Like, what friend has your phone? And he was like, seriously, you can't tell anybody, not a soul. And I'm like, that was the problem. I was like, why are you so, like, and I ended up telling a bunch of people, but, like, probably why we don't talk anymore. <laughs> did you ever peg him? No, because mm. there was, again, too much. Yo, there were, like, logistics fucking glasses. Down in Philly. Really? At the Sexploratorium. What is, tell us more about the Sexploratorium. So, Passionelle is a sex shop in South Philly. And they have an upstairs where they hold workshops. I've taken two workshops there before. The one was burlesque. The other one was like a tantric sex thing. A what? A tantric sex. What's that? Tantric sex is basically like thought and like connection and like sensual okay. touching sensual touching not okay. sexual touching sensual touching oh I need to take this class and so Justin and I went because I was like we need to take these classes because I need to learn professionally so we go <laughs> no we go to this thing and Justin's like yeah sure whatever and then there's, like, a variation. There's older couples in there. There's, like, younger couples in there. There's us. There's the, the weirdo hippie woman who, like, kept telling us how single she was. Oh, my and God. And then there's a random Indian man who showed up alone. <laughs> That's great. And we have to, like, rotate in, like, an inner circle and an outer circle. So you're, like, talking to everyone. You're, like... Tell this person across from you what you like about them. Like, what, what features do you like about them? Oh, so my like, God. You have kind eyes. And, like, <laughs> like they would be like, I like your lipstick. <laughs> Who's so bad. And then, like, we had to be, like, on each other, like, massaging each other. Oh and I'm, I'm, like, cracking up. I'm like, hee, hee, hee. And Justin's like, you're supposed to be the professional. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, the, the Indian man started making situation. fun of Justin. He's like. Your boyfriend, he is, he is like, uncomfortable, huh? He's got long hair. And I was just like, yeah, he's great. <laughs> it was the best and the worst. But they have pegging and they have rope tying. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. And a lot of, like, Widener students intern there and stuff, so. Not crazy bad, but, like, very interesting. They have a lot of, like, very kinky-oriented stuff there. So, like, some shops don't have, like, the level of kink. Mm-hmm. They go all the way up. I wonder if that's, like, 
Juan went to one time this crazy, I keep saying crazy, and I don't mean it in any negative way, but just in my mind, it's like, wow, this thing is happening. Um, he went to some exhibit where it was like sexual kinks, and like you could like interact with the people, like people were getting like nipple clamps on them, and I'm like so it jealous. was like. It was very interesting. I was like, what the fuck is this? That this is like considered art and not so explicit that like I, I was just so intrigued. So I wonder who like sponsored it or ran it or whatever. Yeah. When I was in school, like in classes, like we had a couple come in who were a dom and a sub and he did like a lashing on her. That's like, that's crazy to me. Like it's not crazy, but it's kind of like, and, like, wow. part of the BDSM for her was, like, she had the consent in the non-consent because she had been sexually traumatized. Wow. And, like, that's actually really healing for a lot of people. So, like, BDSM is a huge... I mean, I'm not saying that everybody who does BDSM has been sexually traumatized. Not at all. But it can be a healing piece for a lot of people. Right. Because to be in BDSM, it's a very, like trusting relationship it's a lot of healthy communication and usually the sub is the one who is actually in control because they're the one who sets the boundaries right what a premise oh um pegging seems so cool that's what i was like oh my god especially as like somebody who i think like i'm very i'm aggressive by nature i think a lot of capricorns are aggressive um, but I am definitely, like, I wouldn't call myself, like, a freak in the bedroom, but I'm definitely, like, I like to be in control. Mm-hmm. Not all the time, but I definitely like to start that way. Like, I like to make the first move a lot of the time. People always say, and this isn't even, like, in a sexual way, but people say they're very intimidated by me. Um, like I, I have a very like aggressive demeanor when I get passionate about this is why I have the insecurities that I do. But when I'm pa- passionate about something, I get very like riled up. Yeah, yeah. So, I think that's a great feature. I think. Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you exhibit those features a lot. I too. do. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate them. Others. Yeah. Um, but I think that was kind of like why I wanted to try it. Would I do it all the time? No, because like I don't think that that's like I like to be like you like to be penetrated. I like, yeah, I like both sides of it. Like I love to be a pillow princess from time to time, but my first time I'm on top, so like it it all depends on like the mood I'm in. I, I think everybody likes to be spoiled at one time or another. So I don't know that it would be, like, a habit for me. I also, am, as much as, like, I have this very, like, masculine-feminine combination, I am very feminine, like, very much a female. So I don't think it would be, like, a... It would be, like, a treat for me to, yeah, I to mean, do it. It's kind of like I like anal from time to time, but, like, yeah. I don't do anal on the regular. Yeah. But, like, every now and then, it's like, oh, this is the fun change. Well, anyway, Peggy... <laughs> Peggy? Peggy. Oh, poor guy. I really hope he doesn't listen to this. You don't know him, so that's great. I don't. Um, he ended up trying it the reverse with me, and I can't do it. He tried to peg you? No, but he tried to do. We tried to do butt sex, and I was. You've never like, had anal. 
No. Girl. You get some good lube. You get some fingers we in did. there. We did. It did not. It just was, yeah. Were you scared? I had a finger up there once, and I liked it a lot. Were you scared? No. Then what? You just didn't like it, or? It just hurt. Yeah. It very much hurt. I think we really would have to like work up to it multiple times. That's why there's me. like a like there's like um, expanders and stuff. I know, I know. But this was not like a relationship. This was very yeah. much like a Sunday night. We have the Sunday scaries booty call kind of situation. So like this guy in college that I dated for, I mean we didn't date. It was like three years of us like hooking up. I was. So into him. And he's, like, actually the only person I consider my ex who I, like, still talk to and care about. Like, mm-hmm. he's married happily and, like, we're fine. Yeah. But um, he's the reason I had a reputation on campus in college. And for butt sex? No, just for sex. Oh. <laughs> just for sex. <laughs> like, one time. Um, Wait, where did you get your undergrad? Cabrini. Oh, that's right. One time. Um, like, we were in a fight, and so I had sex with his roommate, and he was like, so why'd you fuck him? Oh my and I God. was like, well, your other roommate was gay, so I didn't really have any other options. Savage. It's Just literally. Just your roommate, because we're meeting. <laughs> it's the most it. savage thing I think I've ever done. Like, it's, that's, like, the scummiest thing I've ever done. Um, I don't even think it's scummy. <laughs> it's just like, well, fuck you. I was so mad at him. Me. And he, like, wasn't even mad, and that made it even worse. I was like, God damn it. I didn't really want to fuck him. I just wanted to piss you off. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm screaming. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, he like, we, we did a lot of kinky shit together. I mean, like, kink is relative. It was kinky for me. Mm-hmm. Like, rape fantasies and wow. um, bondage and um, some other stuff. Gets deeper. Um, all right, we're gonna take a break. All right, we're back okay. from urination time. Yes. Um, so you have an iPhone. Okay. Yes. Did you hear about the weird glitch that happened for like Android users? Yeah, from Valentine's Day. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because Jess. Yeah. Got weird tech. Did she? Sure did, and one of them was from May. Was it? Yeah, but it, like ours was like a boring one. Yeah. That okay, so I get this phone call the other day. I'm walking dogs and my friend's like, So I was sleeping. It was like two in the morning and my boyfriend comes in. It's it's Amy and John, if you listen to the podcast. And she's like, John comes in and he he wakes me up and I'm like, What? I just fell asleep. And he was like, Are you okay? And she's like, yeah, what do you mean? Like, of course I'm okay. And he was like, you just texted me. Yeah, but he already killed himself, though. (laughs) Something to the effect of that. And she was like, what? What are you talking about? So she, like, opens up her text. And she's like, no, nothing here. And he was like, yeah. And she remembered that. Weirdly enough, on Valentine's Day, they were playing, like, I don't know, not Fortnite. I don't know why it was in Fortnite. Mm -hmm. Some sort of fucking video game where this kid was talking to them. And it was just, like, a conversational thing. But how fucking, like, 
nefarious do you like you get a text from your girlfriend at two in the morning who's sleeping in the other room yeah but he already killed himself though like what the fuck was that like that's so like, crazy that's such a weird and then like on valentine's day too that's what i'm saying why it's like a significant ha- day right was it like an overload i'm just so fucking mind-boggled did jess get any from her because mad people got like x texts oh my god that's so yeah. So uncomfortable. I'm so glad I have an iPhone. That's the only time I'm like, same. Fuck yeah. Thank you, Apple. Right? For not fucking They're up on that They're listening right now. I'm sure they are. My brother um, texted us all and was like, if you have Spotify, you can get a free Google Home. I'm like, we already have Alexa. Why do we need more things listening to us? I'm not <laughs> down for that. Um, yeah, that's it. So... That's it. Do you have any cultural recommendations? What are you listening to, watching, reading, etc.? Oh, I wanted to touch on this so bad. Actually, I'm so glad you brought this up. Yes. Because when I was listening to you and Michelle talk about reading mm-hmm. in grad school, I was reading Olympics Captain. So, like, I love reading. What is that now? You didn't do Reading Olympics? Oh, Reading Olympics. The way you said <laughs> So, so Melanie gave us a can of wine each, and it is 12.9%. Oh my God! <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't the way even look at the ABV. Oh. The way you just said reading. Uh, I don't know. You just said it in a Are way you, that I was like, what? You know. were reading Olympic Capital. A, a, ca- a protein bar before you leave. Shit. I have a whole. I'm going to chill for a minute. So. I love reading Olympics. Yeah, I, w- I was in reading Olympics. Oh, yeah. I mean, like... Me and Michelle, I think, might have been captains one year. Honestly. I was a captain one year, and it was great. It was great. And I want to... My sister and I have talked about, like, creating an adult reading Olympics. Like, oh, my God. How fucking I fun. I will join. Right? I will join. It would be awesome. Yes. I think it's wonderful. It's you like, need, like, a massive amount of people, because, Well, though, here's right? the thing. Like, I don't want a book club. No, fuck that no, shit. No, competition. Yes. Let's go. I want to win. <laughs> The Aries in me. I fuck everything's a competition. As we said in the CrossFit gym. It's true. Um, so I love reading, but like since I've started grad school, I don't read for fun. No. I do not read for fun, but I missed stories. Yeah. So much. So I listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't listen to the radio ever. I do have Audible, but I also can't like I do the every other month I get a credit because okay. I'm broke. Heard that. However, go to your local library, people. <laughs> Fucking sign up for a library card. <laughs> there are three different apps you can download, and you can get um, like Kindle versions of books and can also audio books. So I have uh, Cloud Library, Hoopla, and Libby, as well as Audible, and I like rotate between all of them mm-hmm. um, between books. However. People are always recommending, like, very dark, deep things to me because they're like, oh, you would love this. You would love this. You would love this. Yes, I love murder stuff, but also, like, I'm inundated with trauma. Right. All the time. I, I can't do it. So I've taken to listening to romance novels. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. And I'll tell you how this started. I had a friend from college who, was, who has a book blog. She was like, you should read this book. Like, tell me what you think because it was very, like, intersectional. It was about, like, a woman who was on the autism spectrum who was, um, like, seeking someone to help her 
like feel more comfortable with sex mm -hmm. and it involved like an Asian man so who was like a prostitute um what <laughs> let me tell you that book was so hot and that writer was so good and so then I read her second book and her third book comes out in 2020 and I cannot wait um and I was like wait like this makes me happy. Like, this yeah. makes me happy. So I started, like, listening to more romance novels. And, like, first of all, there's something to be said about romance novels because, like, erotica and romance, like, teaches people how to have consent. Mm-hmm. How to ask for what they want When it's need. done right, I'm sure. Well, when it's not Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. When it's Which done, I've never read, so. Oh, I'm I won't bother. I read the first one, and then I skimmed the last two because I needed to find out what happened. Yeah. One time we were in Annie Ann's, and um, very educated, great girl, Heather. One time she she broke it out, and she was reading it to us, and I was like, this is the worst, this is not literature. <laughs> like, no, and I was in college at the time, so of course I was like such a fucking snob about everything, but I was like, I can't fucking listen to is this. Is it a bad like representation of kink, it is a bad story. Yeah, and just written weak, written so weak, terribly. Yeah, it's fan fiction. But God bless if you like that, and if you're reading that, fucking read it, please. Just read, read something. Yeah, but also Mel's don't. Face, Melanie's face is just like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but don't. like don't take it for anything because that's not no. how BDSM works. But if that's what it takes to get you to read, please yeah. fucking read. But. Yeah, so like I, I, I listen to romance novels and, and it makes me happy and it makes my anxiety less. Hmm. It makes me very happy. However, I've tried to listen to uh, more LGBTQ versions of romance and sadly we do not have a great variety out there for that. Maybe I'll um, start so writing. <laughs> start writing because like they'll they'll force these like people into these relate like it's like it's yeah. not organic feeling or it's just like bad writing and it's just I like I want to read about except there is this one that I've heard it's like something about like the royal something the royal engagement or something and apparently that's about like these two men who fall in love and I heard hmm. that one's very good. Is um, it British? I think so. Ugh, but this it. one, uh, the one that got me into this is called the Kiss Quotient. It's really good. It's by, like, Helen Huang or something, but, like, amazing. And um, so I do that to, like, calm myself down, and it feels good. Yeah. And it feels good because I'm like, why am I embarrassed about liking this? Yeah. I read a lot of Harry Potter fan fiction as a child. Did you? Oh, yeah. I hate fan fiction. I'm like, it's not legitimate to me, so I just can't get behind it. I <sighs> but I was so into, like, Draco and Harry being naughty together. Oh, my God. That's a great premise. <laughs> right? And then, like, I was, like, I would read about, like, women doing things, and I would be, like, so turned on. And I'd be, like, oh, like, all women must be. And then I, like, grew up, and I was, like, oh, I guess, like, not. But I've heard things, not to, to, to get out of the culture list, but I've heard things about, it's, like, uh, there's a percentage. It's, like, 80% or something. But it's a high percent. Over 50% of women are turned on by women on women, like porn or like... That's because I think sexuality is a spectrum. I agree. Everybody is gay. If you're listening to this, Everybody you are fucking gay. Hey, Everyone's gay. Like, but <laughs> Just also, a little bit. Like, I've had sex with women, but I've never been in a relationship with a woman. Mm -hmm. And now I'm engaged to a heterosexual cis white man. Anywho. Anywho. Back to culture. Yeah. Anything else? 
Oh, so romance novels, great. Been watching Jack Ryan, love it. Um, every year, my fiance and I watch the Holiday Baking Championship on I Food know. Network. Um, Dude, that was like our first show that we like watched together. So I watched the Halloween one. It's not as good. No? Okay, great. I'm in. Well, because Jason, did you see Jason a few seasons ago? He was a home baker and he was like a cafeteria. Like, You're called, I have no clue. <laughs> He, now he's a host on a bunch of stuff, and he wears all the fabulous jackets and stuff on Food Network. I don't know. Okay, well, look him up. Maybe he's if I saw him. He tweeted at me once. I love when people tweet at you. <laughs> Girls Gotta Eat favorited my tweet today. Ooh! Yes, bitches! Okay, now listen to my podcast, girls. Right. I love you. <sighs> yep, so that's that. But no, um, other than that, um, I really wanted to see that movie last Christmas. But then it looks good. Mm, yeah, but then I like I thought what would happen, and it's then so predictable, and then I'm it sure. did happen because mm. I looked it up because I'm the worst. <laughs> and like I, can't I do that. and now I like don't want to watch it because I'm like oh I didn't want that to happen. I so, didn't want it to be so predictable. As my lifetime homie, have you made the transition to these? Well, first of all, they have hateful. What is it? Hateful and thankful. What? <laughs> it's like. I don't know. They went from like super Halloweenish, like terrible movies, and then one of the Lifetime channels is only playing Christmas movies, and I'm like, well, I want to start watching. I've never like really been like a Hallmark person, and I don't think I get Hallmark, but like some of my friends do, so I think that I'm gonna do some Hallmark watching. Okay, I was just dog sitting. They are terrible. Are they like not even good? They're they're um, no conflicts. Like, you could put no your four-year-old in front of the... F- the conflict is like, oh, my God, the speaker set went down. How are we going to get... Th- they don't, they don't, don't curse. It's all about moms just, like, wanting to spend more time with their children at the holidays and t- children, like, being overworked. The Hallmark ones are terrible. Lifetime Lifetime's where it's better. at. Lifetime is, like, more realistic. Like, everyone's in danger. Yeah, or there's, like, a sex scandal. Like, oh, my God, I'm engaged, but I'm really attracted to this delivery guy. What am I going to do? But they're all the same ones. I made my dad watch a Lifetime movie with me last yeah, I night. I fucking we were love dying. them. <laughs> they're terrible. But they're great. <laughs> it's great mindless television. Well, that's really it, though, for me. True. Well... The one podcast I wanted to tell you about. Because that's it. Basically, I've been watching Lifetime. And all my shows are, like, caught up with my regular fucking fall seasons. Oh, my dad really wants me to start watching Watchmen, and I caught a little bit of it today. It's very good. It's very interesting. But uh, we had to read Watchmen in college for an awesome fucking class. It's like approaches and theories. It was about educating people through non-traditional formats. Like um, this is when I was still an education major. It was um, comic books and video games. Oh, sweet! Which I think is really cool. Um, but now when I watch the show, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can like get behind it because it's not the Watchmen. But anyway, uh, the podcast I've been listening to. Oh, it's just called Astro Poets. <laughs> They are fucking phenomenal. I followed them for years because my friends used to retweet them all the time. When I first really started getting back into astrology, because I think I was into it, like, as a kid, and then, you know, religion diminished that all. Um, Or forced me to diminish diminish it all. Uh, 
they they're very like it's poetry they're poets so it's very much like whatever they're feeling based upon like your sign so they'll tweet like poems for certain people anything. I have to find it for you um so this podcast is a queer single male mm-hmm. who is a Sagittarius and a married I believe with children female Aries mm. straight relationship and they are like the best comedy I th- feel like they cover like a lot of the umbrella okay um they hate Capricorns so it's kind of hard to listen to why this why do they hate them um well she doesn't so much she's she's a little more open to it he um I think Sagittarius generally do hate Capricorns because we're very like um, social, well, it's the mountain goat, so you're climbing to the top. It's always like, who can benefit me the most? And I think he believes, like, we run down, which I will admit is true to a degree. Like, if the friendship is not benefiting me anymore, like, what is the point of this? Like, what are we doing? We're on a fucking hamster wheel. I'm not going to do it. But I am a Sag Moon, so I think that, like, I really connect I just ebb and flow with my Sagittarius friends okay and then I'm also uh Leo rising so I think that I present way more loyal and confident than I actually am so I break I break like traditional I don't know which one's my rising and which one's my moon but I'm a Leo and a Sag and then obviously an Aries I wonder if you're all the same, Sag Moon and Leo Rising. Maybe. It could be either way, because they're both very similar, but there's different. Well, I'm sure they wouldn't say they're similar, but I think Sagittarius is like the party side, like the very like lighthearted, fun, mm. people-pleasing side. Mm. And then I think Leo is the more like consistent, loyal, ride-or-die. Leo's often more quiet. But strong-willed. Okay. In my observations, anyway. Well, I'll have to check it out. Okay. Well, this has been a lovely episode. We're at, let's see, we're at an hour and 40. (laughs) Wow, I'm the worst. (laughs) You're the best. This is great. I'm sorry. It's okay. Cheers to um, Georgia Hardstark for the canned wine idea. Cheers to fucking too much wine. (laughs) One can, and we're like, what? (laughs) All right. Say goodbye, Georgia. Bye, Georgia. (laughs) Bye.